the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we have an interesting show. Um, I'm bringing to you a guest whose name is Richard Cohn. He's the author of Coming Out Straight. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Carol. Happy to be with you. You know, I must say, um, when we spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago and to arrange for you to come on the show, I had read um, a blurb about you and your book, Coming Out Straight, and um, thought you would make an interesting guest. I still do, (laughs) but I must say that I was caught unawares um, when you sent me your book. By first of all, the foreword written by Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Uh, you've heard of her? <laughs> heard of her? Um, she threatened to sue me once. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, um, wonderful! Then you must be an important woman. <laughs> <laughs> because Dr. Laura, I, I would like to think I've made other accomplishments yeah. <laughs> that are a little more important. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I I didn't realize actually from I, I'm very first of all. I'm very familiar, and I will clue my listeners in, too, to Dr. Laura's position on um, homosexuality. Um, In fact, uh, which is totally against mine, and I guess if she wrote the foreword to your book, your book is more sort of a proselytizing book than I had anticipated. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, minute, jump back. Did you read the book? What did you say? Did you read the book? Some of it. Okay, and... What does proselytization have to do with this? Well, meaning that um, you are trying to get people to believe in the same way that you do, which is fine for when someone writes a book. But, well, I'll read you some some quotes from Dr. Laura's foreword that should... um, Well, actually, in all honesty, um, Dr. Laura wrote two pages, uh, and I wrote 300 pages. And, uh, of yes, course, her, but what her I've read of yours seems to go along with the same idea. Well, the idea is that people are not born with same-sex attraction and that change is possible if somebody desires it. That's what the concept is about. Well, but the way that you describe um, the change here, let me just see here. Um the way that you describe the reason why people should change or the, the fact that no, it is no so... No, no should if it's uh, people who desire to change. There's many people who want to be gay, and I affirm their right to live as they so choose. I chose to come out of homosexuality, and my clients are of that thinking as well. So I affirm the right to people live a gay life, and I affirm the right of people to choose to change and come out straight. So I'm not I'm not telling anybody how to think or what to do. We all have free will. 
and we all have the right of self-determination. So my book is addressed to those people who, like myself, I had unwanted same-sex attraction, and I developed this protocol for healing for those who wish to change. Okay, or in other words, ego-dystonic homosexuality. Correct, absolutely. All right. Those who are in conflict about having same-sex attraction or ego-dystonic homosexuality. Okay. Well, I'll put Dr. Laura aside for a Thank moment. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> We're not finished with Dr. Laura because, um, because I understand when she called um, the history with Dr. Laura, actually, while we're talking about her, let's just be done with it. Um, Dr. Laura, once upon a time, a few years ago, um, called people who were homosexual errors, um, um, wait a minute. Biological errors. Biological errors. Right. I've heard it, too. I mean, I've heard that she said that. Um, I don't know what context she said it in, so I have no idea. You'll have to talk to her about that. Well, okay. But the point is that um, even in this forward to your book, um, there are some examples of this same sort of attitude towards the fact that people who are it's kind of a, a tolerance with a very a very condescending tolerance. Um, for example, she said, quote, I advocate tolerance and compassion for those burdened with same-sex attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, it is my contention that with the help of God and some intestinal fortitude, right. blah, 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 um, homosexuality can be cured. I mean, just picking up those little highlights. Right. I I don't believe, and you obviously you do, or else you wouldn't have allowed this to be in your book, that homosexuality needs to be cured. I it's, agree. Okay. I don't. I never use that word. Okay. I don't like that word in reference to homosexuality at all. All right. Then let's back up and talk about. How it is, and and, um, let me just give you a little bit more of an introduction. Richard Cohn is a psychotherapist and educator. Um, He has two books, or well, actually three books out so far, Coming Out Straight, which I think is the one we'll uh, focus on, although I would like to know a little about your children's book called Alfie's Home, and then also a book, Gay Children, Straight Parents. Mr. Cohn is the director of the International Healing Foundation, a nonprofit organization he founded in 1990. It provides healing seminars, teleconferencing classes, individual and family healing sessions, etc., etc., all regarding the causes and treatment of unwanted same-sex attraction. Um, Richard Cohn has a Master's of Arts degree in Counseling Psychology from Antioch, University, and it goes on to you've done a lot of work in in, um, the area of AIDS and and, uh, HIV and AIDS, helping people um, understand that. You've been on numerous um, television shows talking about this, and um, oh, and most importantly of all, for my listeners to to know from the get-go, you walk your talk, meaning that uh, Richard lives with a wife, and <laughs> who he presumably is married to, and three children, who you presumably, or maybe I shouldn't presume, are you the father of these children? Are you the biological father of these children? 
I'm wondering, I never had, in all my 20 years, no one has ever asked me that question. I'm wondering where that comes from. Well, it comes from, if we're, you're going to be talking about um, this change that people can effectuate if they want, right. needless to say, part of that change or part of this process uh-huh. is being sexually successful with someone of the opposite sex. Yes. Or do you not, or do you not? I love it. My wife and I have great sex, if that's your question. And yes, they are my biological children, and they're wonderful and gorgeous, because they come from us. (laughs) Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Our son graduates from an Ivy League university next Monday. Well, that's great. In bioengineering, off to get his MD, PhD, in genetic research. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Okay. Now, just so you know, actually, as I told you when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, I am not saying, I, I when you asked me whether I agreed or disagreed, right. of course, I didn't really have very much to go on at that point, but I did say that I think that um, if someone is homosexual and they value um, wanting to have a an opposite-sex partner and, and children and that's really something that's important to them, that, yes, um, I believe that someone can um, uh, modify their feelings and attitudes and, and to, to an extent enough to make that happen, if that's what they really want. That isn't to say that I think that um, homosexuality is an illness or a sad thing that needs to be cured mm-hmm. or anything else. Um, it just means that that people, ever people of, of um, whatever sexuality, need to be the more in touch they are with what they really want in life, right. uh, the more successful and and um, the the easier it will be to get to make that happen for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we start back now that we've been through all the. Uh, um, not all of them probably, but some of the difficulties with this. Um, why don't we start with how it is, and actually we're going to be coming up to the first break, so we'll start with this when we come back, but what I'd like to you to start talking about is your evolution, how you um, first discovered that you were attracted to same-sex partners, mm-hmm. and um, then, you know, what this was like for you in terms of wanting to to end that attraction and to um, become attracted to heterosexual partners. Right. And then perhaps if people understand your voyage a little better, then we can listen better with o- more open ears to what it is that you have to say. So we'll, we'll stay tuned for that. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Richard Cohn, the author of Coming Out Straight. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? 
Call the Terrorism Hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Information you need, when you need it, voiceamerica.com. Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Hello, this is Rory Gray, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking with Richard Cohn, who is the author of Coming Out Straight. And Richard, just before the break, I was suggesting that we start with you talking about your own journey, your own discovery of your homosexuality and and where you went from there. Well, Carol, I began to experience uh, homosexual feelings, I guess, toward the latter part of elementary school. And as I entered into early adolescence, puberty, and had guy friends, they were more interested in the girls, and my interest remained more in them. And I thought, you know, something was strange. But um, actually, I, I remember talking to a, 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 one of my best friends, Richard Weiner, <clears throat> and his father was a psychiatrist. And I shared with him, and he said, oh, they're just passing thoughts and feelings, and it's natural, and they'll go away. But they didn't. They continued through junior high, and they just continued to blossom. And I tried to fake it um, by being with girls or having girlfriends, um, but my interests remained solely uh, being attracted to guys. And then... Um, uh, went to university in Boston for my undergraduate, and there I was away from home, so I got to explore my homosexuality and had a couple boyfriends my first year of college, and then uh, my second year I had a lover, 
and we were together for the next three years. And there was a lot of wonderful things about that relationship, but there was always something gnawing at me, Carol, and it wasn't uh, the pressure from society or religion that this was wrong for me to do. I was out to my family and friends, and, and they were pretty supportive. Um, it was something just deep in my crawl, deep in my gut, that I had a dream, and I wanted to be married to a woman. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that was my passion. I, I, that dream just was with me from the time I was a kid. And so I asked my parents, you know, to support me in therapy. And I went into therapy uh, in my undergraduate years of, of college, and it was very highly ineffective therapy. <laughs> the guy didn't have a clue about how to help me. Mm-hmm. But it, So I kept looking for understanding, why did I have these desires? I'm a truth guy. I love truth. And I wanted to understand what was the inception of these desires. Well, this uh, therapist didn't have really a clue um, about it nor how to help me. So I did a lot of reading on my own. And um, actually, uh, then I was told by several others, you're Richard, accept who you are. You're a gay man. You're born this way. This is just the way it is. But that didn't ring true for me. That truth did not resonate resonate in my gut. I had done it. I had had the boyfriend. I had lived the life, but and I was exclusively attracted to guys, but I wanted to go straight. So I set out on this journey to continue. I um, finally found I was living in New York City, and I found a therapist who had written a book about this, and I went into therapy with him, and he was the first one then to begin to help me unravel the clues of why I believe I have same-sex attraction. And that really began the course of my healing. And eventually, um, I mean, it took several years to figure out what what were the causes of my desires. And when I addressed each one of those issues that I'm happy to go into if you want to ask, um, finally, I... uh, I hit the bottom of my pain, which was, uh, I mean, there's many different aspects of it, but one in particular was about being sexually abused as a young boy. Hmm. And when I worked through that pain, and I grieved in the arms of a very dear friend of mine, Peter, when I grieved in his arms, Carol, that pain that was in my gut for, gosh, 25 years at that point, it left me. And when that was gone, I mean, you know, the healing process takes time. So that was not overnight. That was a matter of years leading up to that moment. When I was released from that unhealthy connection with my uncle who abused me, literally that same-sex attraction left my physiology. And I, since then, I do not struggle. Uh, it wasn't you talked earlier about, you know, people making choices or behavioral changes. From that moment on, it was no longer a behavioral choice to change. It was a physiological, psychological freedom that I had that I no longer experienced same-sex attraction. So what I discovered then as a therapist also later on is that the wound and the need are connected. And to just, that's why, you know, all this judgment that they're bad or they're wrong or moral judgment, this or that, you know, I'm, I'm not into any of that. Um, I found that the desire is connected to a lot of hurts in the past. And when those hurts are addressed, that need will naturally dissipate. At least that's what's happened for me, 
and for a lot of the men and women that I've worked with over the last 15 years as a therapist. So since that time, um, I have been free of those desires, and my inclination is toward women, toward my wife, which we have a wonderful, you know, relationship. Well, hey, we're like every husband and wife. We're still working it out. Um, but I don't struggle uh, with unwanted same-sex attraction. I feel like a healthy heterosexual guy who's got his own stuff to deal with and work it, work it out with my wife um, and have three kids, so, you know, <laughs> deal with all the stuff of parenting. And so that was my personal journey out of homosexuality. I had to figure it out for myself what caused it, and then I, I came out straight and then became a therapist to, in order to help people like myself because the professional community, as you know, as a psychiatrist, the uh, watchword of faith of the mental health profession is innate immutable. You're born this way and you cannot change. And I think that's unconscionable. I think that is a sellout uh, to the scientific, to the whole, uh, the, to the reasonable, rational debate about etiology and treatment of homosexuality. We need to look at it and say, okay, what is what is homosexuality really about? But, you know, for the last 30 years, we're not allowed to do that, or you're labeled, you're anti-gay or you're homophobic, which I think is rubbish. I think that is such a sellout um, to actually this population um, in the name of, you know, tolerance and diversity. I, I am against prejudice. Hey, you know, I was called a faggot and a queer, so uh, I'm not into that. I think that's wrong 100% of the time. And also, as a social scientist, I believe we have to look at what is homosexuality about? And if people who have egotistonic homosexuality or unwanted same-sex attraction, they have a right to pursue their, their, their choice and their bliss and their dreams, which is, you know, what I did and now what I do professionally. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> I agree that, um, you know, I think the, the important word there is unwanted, and that yes. kind of often gets lost. Yes. Because, yes, there are fanatics on both ends. Right. Um, the people who who say that, like, for religious reasons or that you need to, cha- you need to change, that, yeah. um, that homosexuality is a sin. Right. Well, and, I'm, not in, I'm not into that. And, um, and yes, it's true that in the, in the um, spirit of being politically correct, I'll agree that it has gone too much uh, or somewhat the other way, too, that people think you can't even look into um, the roots because that's hinting that you're thinking that people should, must change. Exactly. So, um, well, you know, but let's, I, I think that it's very interesting because a lot of, going back to what you were talking about, um, as far as your own um, awareness, self-awareness, I mean, and we can talk about this um, some more in the next uh, portion of the show, uh-huh. but th- certainly there are a lot of people, uh, I don't know what the percentages are at this point, but certainly they're probably increasing uh-huh. because there there's an increase in um, sexual abuse and a lot of people who um, who... A lot of people develop homosexual tendencies yeah. to after having been sexually abused by yeah. someone of the same sex. Yes. Yeah. 
do you, when you did your book, I don't know if you um, were there, did you get into percentages or? or? Uh, yeah, yes, there's been several studies and uh, several authors, Finkelhor uh, uh, in uh, Clinical Handbook of Child Sexual Abuse and Johnson and Schreier in articles and um, Patrick Dimick and Mike Liu, they've all seen a strong correlation uh, between early childhood sexual abuse and homosexual behavior and identification in adolescence and adulthood. But, you know, that's just one variable in, in coming out straight. I put 10 different potential causes of same-sex attractions. And it's never just one thing alone because regarding sexual abuse, we know that many people have been sexually abused and they don't end up having same-sex attraction. So there has to be other factors involved in the child's life to direct them toward having homosexual feelings, be it a male or female. But there is a high percentage of this population, people who have homosexual feelings, that have been sexually abused. But and the again, explanation for that is that this is their earliest um, uh, experience yes. of, of sexual excitement and gratification. Uh-huh. And they are want to pursue that and connect it to someone of the same sex. Right. It's, it's a conditioned response. And also, uh, perpetrators are really excellent in picking out the kids who have a parent hunger, be it a father or a mother hunger. They're excellent in doing that. And so a lot of these boys are not bonded or securely attached to their dad. Yes. And the perpetrators can see that, which is what mine did, and then they, you know, we know abuse is not rape. Abuse is first emotional intimacy. That's why it's such a huge invasion and betrayal to the child because first they trust the perpetrator, there's the emotional intimacy, and then they overstep the bounds by sexualizing the relationship. So the perpetrators see this hunger in the eyes of yes. the boy. Yes, that's, they, that's a very good point, yes. especially now when we're all focused on the Michael Jackson trial. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's let's uh, continue when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Richard Cohn, a psychotherapist and educator and the author of Coming Out Straight. Stay tuned. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you feeling stuck in some part of your life? You might have some crush busting to do. Crust is anything that you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Step into the crust-free zone with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and get ready to do some serious crust-busting. Join us on Thursday mornings on VoiceAmerica.com at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 
for a crust-busting your way to an awesome life. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Cutting edge. Challenging. Stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. Today we're talking with the author of Coming Out Straight, Richard Cohn, talking about um, homosexuality, whether people can change, those who want to change, um, and the pressures that there are in society regarding same-sex uh, or heterosexual relationships. Before we leave your story, um, because I think that you were talking about how these um, perpetrators of sexual abuse recognize when a young boy is um, feeling deprived of attention and love from his own father, Let's go back to that because, um, and talk a little bit about your father and mother and your relationship to each one of them. They loved me. It just that they were ill-equipped to be parents due to their own baggage that they hadn't reconciled before marriage. My father was a rageaholic, as I say, screamed a lot. And my mother didn't quite know how to handle that, not having come from such a background. And I was uh, the sensitive sort, so it was very punishing on my character, his uh, behavior. And my mother was very overprotective of me, which is the formula. Uh, Dr. Nicolosi calls it the triadic relationship, the sensitive boy, the overprotective mother and the abusive dad or the negligent or unavailable father. And then the boy over-identifies with the mom and femininity and is detached and distant from dad and the masculinity that he represents. So I fit that classic profile, as many other guys do who have same-sex attraction. Not all, of course. Um, So those were some of the components. I had an older brother. My father and he were at it all the time. Verbally, and then my brother, you know, couldn't win with my dad, so he was four and a half years older, and he came and took it out on me. So I couldn't win with him because he was always so much bigger. So I had my dad thing going on, and my brother thing going on, and my mother doting on me, and being the sensitive kid, it was easy to relate to her. And then there came my uncle, you know, and he gave me the time and attention and the affection that my father was incapable of giving. And so, of course, I bonded with him, and then after he gained my trust, then came the abuse. And, uh, you know, I, I've worked, again, with hundreds and hundreds of people, and uh, my story is not unsimilar. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to look this dramatic. 
doesn't have to look like abuse and the screaming and the fighting. Um, it can be very subtle. And, you know, Carol, what I've seen and many of my other colleagues in this uh, profession of reorientation therapy have seen is that if there's anything genetic or biologic, it can be hypersensitivity. These are really sensitive kids. And where, I mean, I've got three of my own. I don't, I don't know if you have children, but every child has a different nature, just innately. That's their gift. And they take things differently. So some will let it roll off their back and others take it to heart. And what we've seen with these kids is that they're very anxiety prone. They're very sensitive and it's hard for them to oftentimes a lot uh, to express um, what they're feeling. They're not the more aggressive type often. And they keep it in and then they detach. And they, when they detach, then they get, you know, cut off from what love there is available for them. And then they're looking for it elsewhere. So that's what happened to me, and it's happened to, again, hundreds and hundreds of those I've, I've worked with. There's this lack of connection with their own sense of gender identity because they cut off from the role model of gender. Mm-hmm. And then they're searching for that, trying to plug in to someone else of the other, of the same gender in order to compensate on that deficiency because there was unhealthy attachment or lack of bonding between the son and the father or the daughter and her mom. And then, of course, abuse can mess up that whole equation a little more. And then, you know, you, you send that sensitive kid out to, to school and then you get, oh, you faggot or you queer or you sissy or if it's a girl, you t- dyke or tomboy. Kids we know can be very punishing. And kids don't know what the heck that means, um, those who are saying it or those who are <laughs> receiving it. It just really is very hurtful to that sensitive type of kid. And, I mean, I'm just working with an 18-year-old and his parents now, and such an, I mean, a stunning-looking guy. He's a professional in the, um, uh, in the arts. And he, it's, you know, his dad didn't understand, and the boy was being called all kinds of names at school. And the father and mother love him so much. They're, you know, quite unlike my parents, they really care, and they were participatory. But the boy perceived his father as rejecting of him because the father liked sports and couldn't get into what the son was into. And, of course, the mother was totally into it. And he never was, he didn't have the, the chutzpah, the guts to speak up to his dad and say, I really need you to help defend me because I don't know what the heck's going on here and all the kids are teasing me. But he never did that. So he cut off from dad. He felt less than around the other boys. And then, you know, going through adolescence, he developed this fixation on, on, on guys because he need you know, opposites attract. And internally, he feels more feminine than masculine. He was, you know, relegated outside of the realm of the masculine by all the criticism. And he didn't have that strength to stand up to it. And so now he pursues joining with a guy when all along he just needed that bonding with his dad and other boys to honor him for being a fantastic artist rather than criticizing him. Right, or another way of saying it is looking for the love and nurturance from a male yes. that he didn't get with his father. Exactly. And other boys as well, both. I call it homo-emotional wounding with the dad and homo-social wounding with peers. Mm-hmm. Two kinds of wounding that, that are incurred often. Um, for me, I didn't have that much peer difficulty. I, I, I was a pushback kind of kid, you know, even that I got the name calling and stuff, uh, I knew it was about them and not me. (laughs) 
I knew they were idiotic for calling me names, and somehow I had enough sense of myself not to let that, you know, affect me too deeply. And I had some close friends, and they used to call me names, and I called them names back. <laughs> so that wasn't such a wounding for me. But with a lot of other guys that I worked with, that, that is a real pain. Well, okay, but now going back to your story yeah. in regard to where you said that when you got this awareness, when you gained the insight into, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I guess re- recalled the painful memories of yeah. the abuse by your brother and... and um, My dad and my the, uncle. Yeah, I, I, meant, I meant by your uncle, but I mean, um, yes, it was a kind of abuse by your dad and your brother as well. Absolutely. Um and I worked it out with them, too. Well, at least my dad I did. Okay. Well, why? What, what is your relationship with your brother? Oh, he's uh, too into his own poo-poo to, uh, <laughs> to, be, uh, to deal with mine. I see. Okay. Fortunately. Well, but how did you get from these various insights, and, yeah. and I, certainly a painful, long process, right. how did you get from that yeah. to meeting and having a sexual relationship or, or developing a, I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, but just because you understand the you painful experiences that happen to you, uh-huh. that you then it, it become attracted to a woman. Right. Okay. Got it. Um, good question. Well, again, in simple science, we know that opposites attract. So my theory is if a guy is longing for a guy, be it emotionally, sexually, romantically, it means he doesn't feel his guyness, his own sense of masculinity or gender identity. And he's trying to compensate on those needs um, by joining with someone of the same gender. And I had that need, you know, most of my life, up, up until about 20 years ago. And when I did grieve through and process through the hurts of those relationships, with my dad, and I grieved with my dad, and I sat on my father's lap as a 30-something-year-old man, and he was 70-something, and I said, Dad, um, you never held me as a kid, and I'm not blaming you. I knew you didn't get it from your dad. You weren't capable, but now I need it. I need you to hear my heart, and I put his arms around me, Carol. He was so stoic. It was so foreign for him. And I said, I need you to hold me as I grieve the losses of my past. I said, do you think I ever wanted to have sex with a man? I said, I was looking for your love in their arms. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to hold me. And I began to grieve, and my father is not comfortable with tears. So I said, Dad, just do this as my dad for your son. Mm -hmm. And he held me. And, Carol, I just grieved and grieved and grieved. It felt like eternity. It was about an hour. And I just saw, I saw all the flashes of so many horrors of my past flash before me. And in his arms, I just could release so much. And finally, he and I bonded. I know he felt it, too. It was an extraordinary, life-changing experience. Mm-hmm. And that brought tremendous healing and, you know, brought our relationship to a whole new level. And then I, as I told you earlier, I grieved okay. about... When you said you grieved, I mean, you're, I guess you're being somewhat euphemistic for that you cried? Oh, cry, not only crying, I heaved. Mm-hmm. It was just deep, deep heaving. That of, you know, when a little baby, 
you hear that, that wah sound of the little baby when the baby doesn't get what they need? That's how deep it was. Uh-huh. It was just, um, it was the bottom of the bottom with my dad. And it was the same thing with my friend Peter, grieving about the uh, just wailing and letting out all that pain about the abuse with him. And when I processed through those painful experiences, and then with a, you know, with friend about my brother, about, you know, what he did to me, um, I just, I was released. I was released from experiencing homosexual desires. It just was, it's just, it's like, wasn't there because it didn't need to be there. As I said, I found there's a connection between the wound and the desire. Yeah. So then I started feeling more masculine, and I, I could be blessed by men. I was more defensive before, and I could hang out with the guys, and I, I got blessed by guys. I'm a very physical and kinesthetic person, and so I, I got, you know, I love touch. I love healthy touch and hugging. I'm a great proponent, as you read in Coming Out Straight. There's a whole couple chapters on this, the uh, healing power of healthy touch. And so more and more I felt this, and opposite sex desires begin to ensue because I didn't need a guy anymore. I was a guy, so I desired women. And so those desires naturally were a byproduct of the healing process. Okay, but were there women that you were attracted to before you met the woman who became your wife? Not really. So I mean, was... I, I, I appreciate beauty, <laughs> um, but it was in a different sort of way. This was in a much deeper way, as a man to a woman. Okay, well, when we come back, <laughs> I would like to capture that moment of um, when you first felt that and how, how that came about, that you experienced this first real attraction to the woman who became your wife. So uh, stay tuned. We're talking with Richard Cohn, a psychotherapist and educator and the author of Coming Out Straight. Hi. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is voiceamerica.com. Depend on it. 
Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Make Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race star. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're accompanying Richard Cohn, the author of Coming Out Straight, on his journey um, in which he uh, developed certain ideas about um, homosexuality and the desire to change and the ability to change. And I was asking you about how you turn these insights into actually having a uh, heterosexual relationship. The same-sex attraction issue, and then, uh, as I was saying, heterosexual desires ensued. As a result, basically, of good therapy. You know, as a brief aside, um, I know you'd appreciate this, uh, there's a therapist, Dr. Elaine Siegel, um, psychiatrist in New York City, and she wrote a book called Female Homosexuality, Choice Without Volition is the subtitle. And she was working with a group of lesbians, and their stated goal of therapy was not to come out of homosexuality. It was just to resolve, you know, general issues they were dealing with, either interpersonally or intrapersonally. And what happened is, as a result of the good therapy, like in my own uh, story, they started coming out straight, mm. and they were shocked, and Dr. Siegel was, <laughs> were shocked, and some of their friends, um, they were in a, a group, a, a support group of, with other uh, females who have, you know, homosexual desires, they started looking upon them as traitors, like, how dare you leave the fold, and again, it was not their goal of therapy to come out of homosexuality, it just was the result. So, which, you know, again, speaks to my point that if somebody deals with the root causes of their same-sex attraction, and it's not an easy road to hoe, you have to really dig and go through the healing process, which, you know, I put forth four stages of healing and coming out straight, then naturally opposite sex desires will emerge because we know opposites attract. So, my theory is if a man feels his masculinity or a woman feels her femininity, she will be attracted to the other than herself, which is the male, and he will be attracted to something different than he is, which is the female. So, getting to your... <laughs> so, my story is not so neat and pretty. I'd like to say, well, I met the wonderful woman and we ran off and got married and she was incredible. Mine is a very sloppy and messy story, which is one reason why I'm a very good therapist, because I've made just about every mistake in the, in the book, Carol. <laughs> I was married when I went through this healing process. I had been told, find the right woman and she'll straighten you out. Mm -hmm. And I believe such malarkey. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. I went into the marriage, and I told my wife I was a former homosexual. I didn't lie. And I had not acted upon it for many, many years. Uh, but what I learned after getting married was that I didn't uh, heal anything. I had just repressed those desires, and they came back in technicolor mm-hmm. after marriage. So the first three years of marriage were sheer, unadulterated hell for the both of us. Um, it was extremely painful and excruciating trying to figure all this stuff out. And then going through this, married, and um, my wife is a true saint and trooper. She's stuck with me, and I said, I love you. I'm determined to work this out, and I know I will, and I know we can. And so after I did all the work I told you about previous, then I was available for her and to her as a man, and then my attractions were, I, I, I saw what a beautiful woman I had, <laughs> and what a privilege it was to be with her, and we've been building on that relationship uh, ever since, so the first years of our marriage were torturous, me trying to figure this stuff out. Because in a way, you felt that she had, because uh, because you weren't really ready to do that, oh, it was something that a lot of people find themselves in where they sort of want to have this picket fence, white picket fence in the house and the marriage. And you think getting married, it's going to, you know, give it to you and it's going to, you know, just don't do that stuff and it'll all go away. Right. It was the crap that I believed. And so I've counseled a lot of married guys. In fact, in coming out straight, um, there's one story of a guy, a beautiful guy named Christian, married for 20 some odd years, two beautiful kids and really loved his wife, but he was living a double life, and he was ready to leave her and found out about me and came and like a last-ditch effort, because he was basically packed to leave and start his gay life, and I helped him do what I told you I did, find out the causes, grieve, get lots of good love from healthy men, and that, he told me, you know, he said, Richard, I had a knot in my stomach my whole life. And once he worked through his stuff, he said, I am a free man. I can breathe freely. I don't struggle with this stuff anymore. I love my wife the way I've always wanted to, and I have no desire to be with a man in that way ever again. And that, you know, was was my journey. So, right, people marry to think they're going to get rid of this is so, it's problematic, and it's very punishing on the spouse because they can't compete with, you know, how can a woman compete with a guy looking for a guy? or for uh, a woman, um, I mean for a man when his wife's looking for a woman. So I always suggest and recommend you've got to deal with this stuff before you get married. And if they're married, I can help them resolve that as well. If I might just mention, our website is Coming Out Straight, like the title of the book, comingoutstraight.com, and there's information about this process of coming out of homosexuality, and then, of course, information about the book coming out straight. And also, as you mentioned earlier, the other book, Gay Children, Straight Parents, A Plan for Family Healing, because I've counseled, I don't know how many parents who have kids uh, living the gay life, and it's very, you know, it, it hurts them deeply. And so I developed this plan for parents, how they can love their kids and um, increase intimacy in the relationship. So I wrote that new book, Gay Children, Straight Parents, Mm -hmm. for family members and people who have loved ones, you know, giving them a strategic approach about loving their kids in a healthy way. And again, um, for those of you who turned in after the beginning of the show, 
let's clarify that we are not talking about because um, I would not uh, be as as you know a, as you've talked. It certainly seems that you're coming from an, a uh, a sincere place from you're being honest about your own experiences and not saying that this is um, that everybody should be made to change no, because no. of religious beliefs or whatever. Not none. Yes, right. I, and and that that it's sinful to be gay or lesbian. No, no. Um, these are not the things that you're saying. You're me- merely coming up with, you've obviously thought and felt a lot about this. Um, and uh, And experienced it and can help those people who want to change. But I, I gather, um, it's unfortunate that you've had that forward, but I gather that um, um, that you are not telling anybody that they are biological errors. Absolutely. You know, I don't say any kind of uh, inflammatory words because I lived as a gay man for many years. I was called all kinds of trashy names. So I am, regarding homosexuality, Carol, I'm pro-choice. I believe people have a right to choose to live a homosexual life, and people have a right to choose uh, to change and come out of homosexuality. So equal representation for every side of this issue I'm for possibilities and opportunities. Mm-hmm. And for recognizing the importance of really understanding um, what causes a person to become who they are because of all the traumas of childhood. Absolutely. We're all the result of our history. And as I said, I love truth, you know, and if we delve into our past, uh, we can, I mean, that's your profession, you know, we can figure out why we do what we do. That's why I love the field of psychology. And I believe in real organic healing, not just, you know, discipline your mind to think this way or behave that way. Um, definitely there's a, a piece of that in the healing process and behavior, co- behavioral and cognitive therapy, that's, which, is, which is great. But there's an uh, important aspect of real deep, um, well, unfortunately, let me just interrupt you because unfortunately we've run out of time. My guest again is Richard Cohn, the author of Coming Out Straight. You can find it on the internet, comingoutstraight.com. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, on Dr. Carol's Couch, and you've been listening to voiceamerica.com. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.